Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, January 10th, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to finalize our top 50 movie moments of 2018. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta, and joining me today is Slash Film Managing Editor Jacob Hall. Hello, hello. Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And Writer Squatran Bui. Hey, everyone. And Chris Evangelista. Hi. Okay, so this is the second part of our series where we're letting you into the writer's room as we argue it out and try to decide uh, what our top 50 movie moments are of 2018. Uh, we did get a bunch of response to the first episode. Uh, I do got to say, I, I got a bunch of emails and tweets, all of which were were sympathetic to my plight of trying to get <laughs> uh, an Avengers Infinity War uh moment on the list some of which agreed with me or agreed with brad that it should be the guardians meeting the avengers others thought that we missed a moment where uh thor shows up in wakanda um which i don't know was that a good moment i don't think it's so. a very good moment but i wouldn't argue for it for the top 50, yeah especially compared to the two we already have on the list um but almost universally everybody disagreed that uh my mall and solo moment should should not be on the list. So so there you go. All right. Well, that one's still up for discussion. So, <laughs> we're we're going to get to that one. We have we have a, we have a well, big seemed, It seems today. like the listeners do not think that should be on the list, but they think they should, <laughs> Infinity War should be. <laughs> but uh, so w- what are we starting with today, Jacob? All right. So looking at this list, we have a top 25. We ran over that last uh, episode. We won't do that right now. Um, well, not top 25, but 25 we've selected. And... Looking at the list, we still have about 70 more um, uh, on, on our rough list of ones we, we have some to discuss and we have not discussed at all. So what I've gone through is I've gone through our list and I've starred a whole bunch of them uh, as ones that some of them are my picks that I think we can just get rid of. I'm going to sacrifice them saying they're not going to hang. Uh, some of them are other people's picks that I think aren't going to hang. And some of them are ones that I think maybe are passionate, but like maybe supported by one person. And then we'll give that person a chance to defend them. So I'm going to run down this list of, of moments. If everybody, if everybody agrees pretty much, yeah, that's good, but won't make it, um, we can delete it. 
if one person is passionate saying, no, that one has to be on the list, we will, we will stick with it. But all I ask is that, you know, pick your battles here. Like if, if, if there's a moment here that you like, you know, maybe save your energy for a moment you'd love later on. Like, you know, remember this, this is a group list. I, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to start off by chopping a moment that I love to give you guys an idea of how serious I am about this. And that is the chainsaw fight from Mandy, the wildest scene in one of the wildest movies I've ever seen. But we already have a great scene from Mandy on the list, maybe the most important scene in the movie on the list. So I think that with Mandy represented really, really well, I'm okay cutting the chainsaw fight. Uh, everybody else okay with that? Yay. Yes. Okay. I have not seen the oh, movie. Uh, going down, Stan Lee cameo from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think it's a really good cameo. I don't think it hangs. This is what I want to fight for. I feel like... Spider-Verse deserves more than one moment on the list, and I, I, I know that we still have another moment on there, Escape from Alchemax, but I feel like this is this is the best Stanley cameo out of all his cameos. And I would I, agree. It's still not as good as Escape from Alchemax. I know, actually, I'm going to side with Peter in this case because I think the Stan Lee cameo hits harder. Um, while the Escape from Alchemax uh, scene is just so fun and so kinetic and and um, fantastic to watch. I feel like the Stanley cameo uh, plays not only a pivotal, like you know, cameo part, but it plays a pivotal plot moment too, um, in which we get to the theme of the movie where anyone can be behind the mask, and we get a little, not a little humor as well. So I'm going to defend Peter this time, even though I think last year, last episode people, I was kind people of called the you the yeah the killer of dreams. I, I, I don't think I would. Um... I don't think I would be behind this moment if Stanley hadn't died. Like I feel like this moment uh, represents something more than what it originally was intended to. Okay, this is fair. I'm going to unstar this. We'll save this one. We'll table this one for now. All right, number thirty on this list. Thanos realizes <laughs> what he needs to do to get the Soul Stone. Yeah, get good rid moment. Of- we have we have two Infinity War moments. I'm I'm dashing this one right away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. I like when she puts her tongue in me from the favorite. The favorite is represented on the list. We have a great moment on the list. Um, I fought for this one last week. I don't think we're going to get two moments from the favorite on this list. I'm going to axe it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We have two moments from Can You Ever Forgive Me on this list, one of which I want to fight for. I know Chris will join me, so I'm going to save for that one. But the, se- the sequence where uh, Jack uh, helps clean Lee's apartment is a wonderful depiction of friendship, a wonderful depiction of... Of, of two people coming together in a really absurd situation and really becoming friends in a in a moment that shouldn't be as friendly and as kind and as warm as it is. But I'm not going to fight for it for top 50. I'm going to delete it. All right. This is uh, actually, Brad, um, this is between you and me. There was huge resistance to you getting bodied on the list last time with the final rap battle. I don't know if I'd say huge resistance, but there was some resistance. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I guess there was also my submission for bodied was breakfast with Ben Grimm, which is a very different scene where the two two characters have breakfast and two battle rappers see each other's home lives. It's very funny <laughs> and very sweet. Um, I don't think there's enough support for bodied at this roundtable for us to get these scenes on the list. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, the, the biggest problem is that I don't, not enough people have seen Body. I think it's just you and me that have seen it, right? Uh, I, doesn't like I saw it. it as well, but yeah. I, I've seen it. Oh, okay. And I, uh, yeah. didn't love it. Oh, okay. Uh, ben, I mean, would you, would you put, would you fight for any, either of these with, with me and Brad? I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put either of these on the list if it was me. All right, Brad, I'm going to, I'm going to chop breakfast with Ben Grimm. That was my choice. Uh, if you want to keep the final rap battle on here and fight for it a little bit later, that's fine. But I don't think it's going to make it, man. That's uh, that's fair. We'll we'll see what happens. Also, I'm I just want to point out that I'm deleting Ben and Peter from my friends list. 
All right, so we'll leave that one on for now. Uh, another one that's going to be a knife to Brad's chest, and I'm sorry, but I don't think the double twist from Game Night is going to make it. Wait, what is the double twist? I'm a little confused. It's been it's a long big, time since I've seen this movie. It's it's the big reveal when when Jesse Plemons shows up. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to go any further. Part of it was, it was uh, a gag that he set up, but then they realize, oh, shit, there's something else that's real that's going on. Yeah, it's a really good moment, but I think that Game Night's uh, Oh No, He Died moment, which is already on the list, is a perfect encapsulation of that movie's charms. And I don't think we have room for two Game Night moments on this list. See, I almost wish we could get the that one-shot sequence on the list, but I know that would be adding yeah. another No slot. one nominated it, so <sighs> do you guys. Okay. Hey, Brad, will you fight for Game Night in this situation, or, should I, or can I delete it? Uh, I, I love Game Night. It's one of my favorite movies, but I feel like with so many movies and so many moments, it's not going to make the top 50, so if we have to cut it, then I will concede. All right. I want to cut two of my personal favorites. I think only me and Brad have seen Never Going Back. I put the girls get stoned and the girls are forced to shit in a bucket. Two of the one of the best pot jokes I've ever seen and one of the best shit jokes I've ever seen bar none. This movie, um, Augustine Frizzle's comedy is incredible. It's like Jody Hill from a female perspective. I think these are this is one of the funniest goddamn movies I've seen in years. And these scenes are so gross and so awesome and so funny. I was cackling. You know, uh, no one else. you should be quoted in the trailer for this movie. <laughs> I, I am, uh, but um. I'm going to delete them because I don't think anybody else is going to fight for them. Uh, even you, Brad, right? Yeah. I mean, something's got to go. Yeah, something's <laughs> got to go. Okay. A movie I love, but I don't think it has enough support. Uh, the Death of Stalin. The moment nominated is No One Knows What to Do with Dead Stalin. <laughs> From early in the movie when uh, the leader of Soviet Union dies and all of his like, minions have no idea what to do. And they kind of just sort of dance around the room and act like he's not dead and then sort of slowly figure out how to piece the situation together. It's very, very funny. I love Death of Stalin, but I don't think the movie... The movie only made, like, one of our top 15s, and I just don't think it has enough support. Uh, Chris, I think you're the biggest fan here, right? Uh, yeah, I, I'm fine with cutting that. I, I feel like there's actually even, like, funnier moments in the movie, so I'm, I am I don't have any objection. Any other Death of Stalin fans want to pipe up, either to send it away gracefully or fight for it? Well, that so movie is really funny. Of, yeah. I'm almost sad we don't have it on our we won't have it on our list because of this, but yeah, I feel like there are other moments that could have made it, and I just forgot to nominate. <laughs> it's, it's a very 2018 moment, but I just don't think it's yeah. going to cut it here. Yeah. All right, I'm going to cut our other Halloween moment, which is that new John Carpenter music cue when Michael attacks a friend zone guy. Uh, so much of Halloween scores is, is really a fantastic riff on what we've heard before, and then when. Michael attacks this guy and like he, he impales him on a gate after the scene. There's this new John Carpenter uh, cue. It's like um, this synthetic squeal almost that made me leap out of my seat. It was so awesome. And it's an incredible moment. But we, Halloween's already on our list. And I'm not sure this one is quite good enough to make the final uh, 50. But does anybody have any, 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 anyone want to pour anything out for this moment? I mean, that music cue is pretty great, but is it really a moment? Uh, I think I think it, I think it is, but it, like I said, the fact that we're having this discussion means it probably shouldn't be on the list. Yeah, I th- so. I, I am with you here, but I yeah I think I, I think it might be more of a moment in the movie music of 2018. All right, chopping it. A movie that very few people saw. I think it's advanced on Netflix so fast. Uh, Jeremy Saulnier's Hold the Dark. It's a very good movie, not as accessible as his previous films, but about well, halfway through, there's a massive shootout between a criminal and the police. And I think that so many movie shootouts run the problem where they inherently romanticize violence, even by accident. 
and this is a mass shooting sequence that plays like a horror film. I found it so upsetting to watch. Like it, it goes on and on and on in ways where you are begging for it to end in the right ways. Like it's uh, Chris, you also hold the dark. Does this scene hold water for you? It's a good scene, but um, I wouldn't object to it being cut. I mean, it is a great scene, and I, I feel like not enough people watch that movie, but maybe that's a good reason to cut it, just because not many people even saw the movie, so what? they might not. I don't think that's the reason to cut it, but like, is this a scene that goes like toe-to-toe with the rest of these scenes on the list so far? No, I it's, mean, it's, it's, it's better good. than literally everything that happens in Avengers Infinity War, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> <sighs> Well, Chris, just so you know, most of the listeners disagree with you on on the snap. Yeah, well, what else is new? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Goodbye, Hold the Dark shootout. I think you're a great scene. All right. I'm going to nominate what I think may be one of my favorite scenes of of last year, maybe even ever. Actually, before you get into this, I I do want to make a plea here, guys. I want to make a plea that we don't just try to get movies onto here that were like movies we loved this year but also have moments from movies that we might not have loved. Do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. good moments and bad movies and there's bad moments and good movies. I know we're also doing a worst at some point. Uh, like I, I feel like it shouldn't just be like, you know, the the combined, our top 15 is combined in one moment from each of those movies. Do you know what I mean? This, this is true. But at the same time, I, I feel like, for example, the Holder Arc shootout is very, very good. But there are moments that are, I think I'll remember more vividly than yeah. that one. So I still feel good cutting it. Yeah. Right. I'm going to spoil the midpoint of border. So if you want to skip ahead a few minutes, if you're a listener, because I want to explain to the crew the scene, and maybe they'll even agree with me and say yes, that should be on the list before I delete it and say goodbye to it. Which is border is a film about a woman who um she's extremely ugly. There's a way around it. She looks like a Neanderthal. She's uh she she um she has like no social um skills. She's very unfriendly. But we learn very quickly she has supernatural powers. She can sniff people's fears. She can smell when people. She can smell when people are lying. She like can commune with nature in ways other people can't. And she eventually meets a a a man who's just like her, also has a similar features and also has similar abilities. And it becomes very clear, of course, that that they are not human. And I'll explain that. I'll save the revelation for later. Um, but it's also mentioned early on that she finds sex painful and she doesn't find ordinary people attractive. But then she meets this guy who's, who's, you know, looks like her and is like animalistic like her, and they fall head over heels for each other, and then they start, <laughs> they start make, having sex in the woods, and the big reveal is that the re- is that whatever non-human creatures they are, he has a vagina, and a giant monstrous animal penis emerges from her womb, and that's how they have sex. It is one of the craziest sex scenes I have ever seen, and it's shot in a way. Where it's like, oh, that's actually genuinely romantic because they found each other. And wow, it is crazy. It, I've never seen anything like it. Um, and like after, like, and when I talk to people afterward, like nobody was grossed out by it because the way the movie shoots it is, oh, these two people, these two non-human creatures who've been living amongst humanity, who have never, who have, have found a someone else they can be intimate with for the first time, so a someone they can be attracted to for the first time, as treated as being something beautiful, as strange as it is. So I think it's an amazing scene, but I'm the only person here who saw Border. So I, I'm cool cutting it if nobody else thinks that sounds worth keeping. Uh, that sounds wild, but yeah, I think, I think yeah. it should probably go. It sounds, yeah, I really want to see this movie now, actually. Okay. I want to cut Border, but that that scene is is truly wild. Okay. 
Next up, we have, I have two scenes from Hearts Beat Loud here. Um, do we think they will make the final cut? I don't. I mean, I like the movie. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not willing to go to bat for this. I know Brad liked this movie, I think, a little bit more than me. I mean, I do think, like, I don't know. Hearts Beat Loud is not a movie. I don't think it was on any of our top 15s, right? Is that correct? No. Um, but I feel like this moment might deserve to be on the top 50, but like, I'm not, I'm not really willing to like, you know, jump on this one. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed Hearts Beat Loud. Uh, I think it's very charming and fun, but I, yeah, I feel like neither of those moments are probably strong enough to be in the top 50 once all is said and done. All right. Well, I'm going to chop both of them. Uh, Goodbye, Hearts Beat Loud. You're a really, really, really good movie. Um, all right. The kids sing as the town burns and in the apocalypse. This is the zombie Christmas musical. And this is a moment I love because it's it's a musical number. It's the first musical number in a movie that's like genuinely serious. I mean, there have been goofy ones up this point. But this is a heartfelt, like mournful song as the movie sort of combines musical and horror in a non-comedic way for the first time. Uh, uh, Peter, you saw this too. Would you think this is top 50 or do you think we can cut it? To be honest, Jacob, I, I, I really like the first half of this film a lot. And I've been listening to the soundtrack a bit. I don't even remember the number that you were talking about. The one that like I, I think like really plays in my head is that you know, the the high school musical kind of number, the the Hollywood ending in the yeah. beginning. So I don't even remember this vividly, to be honest. Yeah. That's a sign that we should probably chop this one. It doesn't, doesn't even register in your brain. Yeah. Okay. Here's the, here's the one that I think we'll have a discussion about because it is a great moment in a terrible movie. And that is Eddie Brock gets in the lobster tank in Venom. <laughs> See, uh, this is the exact re- <laughs> this is the exact like kind of thing that I like I'm trying to fight for here because I feel like this list needs some bad or movies from bad uh, good moments from bad movies. Yeah, this this moment for those who haven't seen Venom is where Tom Hardy's uh, Tom Hardy improvises on the set apparently is uh, newly uh, con- con- um, contaminated with the Venom alien. And starts heating up in a restaurant and jumps into a lobster tank to cool off. And just sits there in a lobster tank and like finishes the scene in a lobster tank. Uh, Chris, you also agree that this scene is pretty amazing, right? Yes, this scene uh, should probably be on the list. It's it's uh, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty memorable. All right. Does anybody have any objections? Because I can bump this one to, up into our top list right away if we want to. If everybody thinks this is actually worth it. I still haven't I still haven't seen Venom, but uh, just from the description, I would be okay with it going in the list. Yeah, same. <laughs> okay, with that universality, I'm going to go ahead and p- welcome to the top 50 scenes of Venom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel like we, we should have on. like a good sound effect whenever something makes the list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the wedding, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, I think this is a beautiful scene. HD is it as good as the Mahjong game? Oh. <sighs> It's not as good as the Mahjong game, but this is a scene that really spoke to me and did elicit a really strong emotional reaction. Like, I was crying. I was watching with my family who was crying. But I can't argue exactly that it would make, that would deserve a spot on the top 50 list. Just that it impacted me personally. Should I keep it for now or are you okay with us removing it? Mm, You can remove it. Okay. Sorry, HD. Okay. All right. And now, uh, Ben, uh, buffering at the funeral from searching. You're the big, ser- you and Peter are the, are the big searching buffs at this table. We already have one scene from searching in, on the list. Does buffering at the funeral also need to be there? 
No, I think it can go. The, I'm glad that uh, that movie is represented uh, because the opening scene is is better. It's the better moment for sure. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed that scene when it happened. But I think I, I'm okay with it going. Yeah, me as well. I think that opening scene is is overall better. Okay, this one I think could prove controversial. The credit scene from Deadpool 2, which as you may remember is the time travel slash Ryan Reynolds peering at himself moment, which is incredibly funny. But I think the Deadpool 2 scene we have on our list, uh, The Death of X-Force, is much funnier. Whereas this feels like a quick aside, like a, a little final like. But I, I love him killing, going back and killing himself for you know accepting Green Lantern, and him going back killing uh, the the other version of Deadpool from Wolverine. What's the name of the movie? Wolverine. Uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, that's that that memorable movie. Um, I don't <laughs> know. I think there, there's enough funny thing. Like I did not like Deadpool. Like, I really did not like Deadpool 2, uh, but I feel like the credit scene and that X-Force scene were both, like, top move moments of the year. But I, I, I'm willing to hear other people on this one. I actually think that there's only one part of the credit scene that's worth that's worth it, not the entire credit, se- credit sequence. Okay, well, right, what, what part? The part where Deadpool kills Ryan Reynolds before he reads the Green Lantern script. Yeah. I mean, that, that is my favorite part of that. All right. Let's hold on to this for now because if you'd like to do support for this one. All right, Peter. Darth Maul and Zolo. What do you think? I mean, I, I'm still willing to go on at bat for this, but I've heard from so many people on this. I've heard from tw- uh, people on Twitter, email, friends, and everybody seems to disagree with me on this one. So I, I feel like I feel like I'm just wrong on this one. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to... I'm gonna relent. So, I, right. I I I feel like it should be there, but it I whatever, it's fine. All right. Also, do you think we can cut the train heist from Solo as well? I mean, it's a really good scene. I'm. So, I think there. Are, I think there's better action from last year. Sure. Okay. I'm gonna a scene that I think is remarkable filmmaking, but also doesn't need to be here, is the shining sequence from, from Ready Player One, where the characters go into a VR recreation of the Overlook Hotel. Uh, I think it's amazing. It's it's like this so technical technical feat as astonishing at first. I still don't think it goes as far as it could. Like the first half of the sequence is jaw dropping and astonishing, and then it kind of goes into a very generic place and doesn't. It kind of veers too far from what the shining is to really sell the gag in the final moments. Does anyone agree with me or disagree with me, or think this should be here? As somebody who honestly still really enjoys Ready Player One and like will we'll defend it for being just pure popcorn entertainment. I think the sequence is awesome, and I think they do such an amazing job of recreating uh, the Shining set completely di- digitally, by the way, and make it look tangible and real. And it's just, I don't know, it's, I think it's just a cool thing to have that recreated and the way this scene plays out. You know, it's it's obviously it's not in the spirit of the Shining, but that's kind of the the idea. Um, but so I, I, I kind of want to defend it. All right, well, hold I, on to it for now. I, I love the filmmaking of it. I love everything you're saying, Brad. The thing that rubs me the wrong way is how it's so not in the spirit of The Shining. And it like it's so much better as a concept, and I feel like what they use it for is kind of disappointing. That's And, that, and that's fair. And so, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be heartbroken if it if it goes, but I think that it's, it's a very, very cool sequence. All right, well, hold on to it for now. Um, the mystery comes together in Destroyer. I know I saw Destroyer. I know Chris saw Destroyer. Did anybody else here see Destroyer? I've not I did. seen Destroyer yet. Destroyer did, yeah. uh, it's the kind of movie where the pieces don't really all align until the final moments in a way that's incredibly satisfying. 
and it really made the movie for me. I don't want to spoil it because I don't, none of the people have seen it either on this podcast or in our listeners. And I, I just don't think it has the juice to get to our top 50, even though it really, really does make Destroyer like a really good movie. Uh, Chris, what do you think? A part of me wants to fight for it, but I'm saving my uh, my energy for a future entry. So go ahead. Cut it. I'm, right. I'm willing to cut everything except this one future entry. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, so anyone else want to fight for Destroyer or, or, or say goodbye to it? <laughs> that moment is so great, and I, I agree. It really makes the whole movie, but I think, yeah, I, I, I think it's just outside the realm of the top 50, probably. All right. Uh, the thing I feel like we're such a, a different bunch of people here today. This is like we, we've been defeated. We're willing to like just like it, it, it's like before we, it was like our first day of a wedding and like compromise was like – a thing we didn't understand and now it's like the 10 year anniversary where we're like <laughs> <laughs> all right chris the fake out the fake out ending from vice what is this just cut it i don't even want to talk about it cut it just throw it out <laughs> no don't do that no 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 no, no. that no. deserves to be there no 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 i, I, so. I love it because it's, it's it's so good it's 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 so well executed it, and it goes yeah. on for a good length of time too like it feels like such this happy great thing it's perfectly representative of what Vice is. It is a hilarious, funny, great moment. And yeah, don't cut that. I'm so, co-signing this is, one. What is this moment? I've not seen Vice. What is this moment? So in the middle of the movie, uh, Dick Cheney has left Washington, D.C. Uh, because the new administration has come in. So the Republicans no longer are able to do what they intended to do um, because of the way the election went. And so Dick Cheney retires back to his, his ranch with his wife. It's all these wonderful moments where it's just showing him and Lynn relaxing nearby their little lake. Their family's having fun. They're enjoying it. And then it starts giving these little, like, epilogue tidbits of, like, you know, Dick and Lynn Cheney, uh, you know, retired to their ranch and never got into politics again. And then it starts rolling real credits for the movie, acting like it's the end of the movie. And then, and then it's, it's like a total psych out and goes back to when he gets the call to go be um, – to, to get back into the game. This is really good. This should be on the list, at least up for consideration. That's real good. Um, so I want to leave. The, I will. I will join Brad and Peter in saying that probably deserves further discussion. All right. I think this is the one Chris wants to fight for. Elizabeth Debicki buys a gun and eats a hot dog in Widows. Yes, I swear to God, if anyone cuts this, I will fight you all in the, the <laughs> Roman Coliseum. I'm not kidding. What is this scene, Chris? There is a scene midway through the movie where Elizabeth Debicki, who is phenomenal in Widows and should be Oscar nominated, even though she's being ignored, where she has to buy a gun. So she goes to actually buy several guns, actually, for the heists. So she goes to a gun show and to, you know, in order to buy buy a gun without a record, she pretends she's a mail order bride and convinces this like housewife to buy her a bunch of guns. And, you know, she's acting all innocent and confused like she doesn't know what she's doing. And then it immediately cuts to her doing this badass walk out of the gun show. And she takes a big bite of a hot dog as the the Hans Zimmer music kicks up. And it's it's phenomenal. Even if you don't like the movie, the scene is fantastic. And I will I will be very upset if it's not on the list. I need this to be on the list. I need it. Here's the thing. I, Chris has been very, very patient with us throughout this entire process of putting superhero <laughs> movies on this list. Uh, so I not, I vote that Widows goes right to the top 50 because I, it's rare when I hear Chris this passionate about something he genuinely loves. And I, That's right. He's, I, won, he's won me over. 
I'm dead inside. Let me have this. <laughs> okay. Would anybody disagree with this one being in the top 50? Considering Chris's passion for it. I don't disagree, <laughs> but I, I, I didn't even remember this moment until you brought it up, Chris. <laughs> I, I'm willing to go with it. I'm, I'm fine. All right. I'm going to go ahead and bump the one up to top 50 because I really do think Chris's enthusiasm alone has won me over on that one. Okay. Um, we have two scenes from The Incredibles 2 here. The Last Cycle Chase and Elastigirl versus Screen Slaver. I think they're both really good action scenes in a year where there's better action and better animated hero movies. Uh, Brad, I think you put both these on here, right? I put Elastigirl versus Screen Slaver. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, right. I, I put the Elastigirl chase on. Um, and I would fight for the Elastigirl chase over uh, Elastigirl versus Screen Saver because I think it's a more impressive sequence. It is probably the best showcase of Elastigirl's abilities and action as as a character it's her first outing out as a hero um i love what they did with the uh, the elastic cycle and how it utilizes her powers and the way she uses it um with her stretching abilities it's just an impressive sequence all around and i think it's 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 better than most blockbuster action sequences See, I disagree with Brad completely because I think the Elastigirl versus Screen Slaver scene is is better because it's just much more cinematic. And it's the one scene that really stood out to me in Incredibles 2 as um, making that use of the animation style and just being incredibly uh, vibrant. and. and, Wait, is uh, that the seizure scene? Yeah, that's the seizure scene. See, I I like that scene, but I feel like it's so short and it's it's just a small tidbit in a in a larger sequence and i i feel i feel like there's so much more to latch onto with the elastic cycle chase and it's a, a much more impressive showcase of animation and uh action plotting what if we cut them both and call it a day? i mean i would honestly be okay with cutting them both too i just would say that if i were to pick one from incredibles 2 it would be the screen slaver uh fight but i'm fine with cutting both wait why don't we hear from the other people uh starting with ben I think both of them should be cut because I did not like Incredibles 2 at all. <laughs> I I love Incredibles. I was so disappointed by the sequel. Uh, Chris. Uh, I you know, I I don't feel strongly one way or another about it. I didn't I didn't hate Incredibles 2, but you know, after waiting whatever amount of years, 19, 18 years, it, it felt like it it probably should have been a little better. So, it, I don't know. It didn't it wasn't a glass for you, but it was <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's no gla- it's no gaudy, so I don't know. Here's my opinion. If a last cycle chase means a second Spider-Verse moment on the end of the list, then I will fight Incredibles 2 to the ground, because I think that I'd rather cut both Incredibles 2 moments and get a second Spider-Verse moment on the list. That's my personal okay. view on this. I'm fine with that. Seeing that argument, then I am fine with that. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to... Uh, Brad, I- I'm going to go into... Talk about Beale Street with you real quick. Since since we last recorded, uh, I learned that Beale Street, if Beale Street could talk, is your favorite movie of the year. Yes. We already have um, Brian Tyrese Henry's uh, Tyrese Henry's um, prison story on the list. It's an incredible scene. I think the best scene in the movie. Uh, I want to know if you personally think that two, these two other Beale Street scenes deserve to be talked about. Uh, I think about the apartment staging, where uh, the two lead characters um, are given a tour of the building that would be their apartment. It's very very sweet and very very wonderful, and the pregnancy reveal where all the family members come together to discuss uh, our pregnancy and it goes from comedy to like to horror movie to high drama really fast. Do these stand out to you or are we good with the one scene on the list already? Personally, I am totally fine with cutting the apartment staging because even though it's a wonderful, charming, delightful scene, um, I don't think that it's one of like the best standout moments of the year. However, I do think the pregnancy reveal is full, full of, like you said, it jumps through all these different tones uh, and emotional points and just the, the the venom 
and viciousness of some of the lines that between these this family that is at odds and it really gives you a sense of like the characters and their dynamic and all these things and i just feel like it's such a powerful well acted well written sharp scene that i think deserve to be at the very least considered for the top 50 all right let's keep that one for now but uh, any objections to the apartment staging being removed from anybody else on the table nope nope all right uh, the blanket scene from the Sisters Brothers. I have not seen the Sisters Brothers it went in a blink of an eye. Who nominated this one? I did. Cut it. No one else has seen it. I'm the only person in America who saw this movie. <laughs> give us a, give us but the, that doesn't mean it shouldn't be here. Yeah. Like, is All this... Right, so midway through the film, there's this really sweet scene where Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley they go to like a brothel, and uh, John C. Riley gets a, a prostitute, and she's played by... What's that actress's name from Fargo? Allison... Tolman or something like that. Yes. And instead of what, you know, he doesn't actually want to have sex with her. He just wants her to do something nice for him. And so he has this like blanket he carries with him and it's a blanket. This woman back home gave him a long time ago and he wants her to pretend she's that woman and she's giving him the blanket and she's really confused and she doesn't know what's going on and the scene just makes her really uncomfortable and it's just this really strange sad emotional scene and john c Riley's performance is just incredible because he's playing it as this like lonely desperate guy and he get, he's getting frustrated that she doesn't understand what he wants her to do and it's a really great scene but i also know that this movie, I think it made $4 at the box office, so I, I feel like no one's going to know what it is, so maybe it just shouldn't be on there. In your opinion, if you, um, is it one of the 50 best moments of the year? Yes, absolutely, but I'm I'm not going to put up a stink if it has to go. Right. See, I'm, see I'm gonna... this is very hard to, like, to do because like it's hard for us to go by that description, and I feel like that description isn't as compelling as like even uh, your border description earlier. But I feel like it's all in the execution. Do you know what I mean? Like this kind of moment is all like I would have to see it. So it's hard for all of us to argue against it or for it because yeah, we don't – we haven't. So it's like I don't, I don't know how you handle this. Yeah, I, I I think we should leave it for now. But I, I can't see it making the top 50. But I think Chris's words want, want to give us a stay of execution at the very least. Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, one of a few documentaries on this list um, from Mind of the Gap. Cut from quotation marks. Bitches need to get slapped sometimes. To being this mom's interview, uh, I think Ben put this on here. Can you explain the context of the scene, Ben? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> minding the gap is is about uh, these guys who grew up together skateboarding, and it's also really about um, uh, trauma in the home and domestic violence and things like that. And the the movie sort of leads to this point where Zach, one of the the main guys that the documentary follows is sort of reflecting on his own life and the mistakes that he's made. And it seems like he's willing to uh, engage with his own problematic history of, uh, you know, like getting into violent arguments with his girlfriend and, and the mother of his child. And then he sort of like backslides a little bit at the end of this interview. And he's like, you know, at a certain point, bitches just need to get slapped sometimes. You know what I mean? And uh, Bing Lewis, the director, cuts from that directly to a point where he was interviewing his own mom about the domestic violence that she experienced. And to me, it was just a very, very powerful. It was the most powerful moment in the movie because of the uh, juxtaposition between Zach's mentality. And it, it just sort of struck me as like, this is why 
Bing's mom, th- this, this, uh, uh, the verbal, um, description that Zach just said that this, this sort of, uh, the way that he justifies his behavior is a symptom it is, is the problem in, in uh, <laughs> in the way that, that these men in the movie are treating these women. And this is what Bing's mom experienced all those years ago. And just the, the way that the movie drew that connection in, in one cut just struck me as like the most powerful moment in one of the best documentaries of the year. So if it has to go, it has to go. That's fine. I just put it on the list because I, I wanted to talk about it more than anything and just yeah. sort of point it to point everybody to this movie. Um, but uh, but yeah, that, that was what struck me. It's, it sounds incredible. Like I, it sounds like something I want to keep on the list for now, at least because this movie made our yeah. slash film uh, site wide top 15. It broke in there. At, um, you know, I, and... I, I love this movie. And reading this on the list, I kind of thought that this was kind of in the same territory as your uh, your cue from Halloween. But after hearing Ben, I, I kind of am on board. But uh, I, I say let's leave it there for now. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, okay, we have two Ralph Breaks the Internet moments here. We have Vanellope meets the Disney princesses, and Vanellope sings her song. Um, I'm not going to go to bat for Ralph Breaks the Internet in any way whatsoever. Who wants to jump in for these for these two? I would jump in for the Disney princess scene. I feel yeah. like even though that, you know, you could say what it, you you will about that movie, but that scene is hilarious. And I know we've probably seen it to death with all the trailers and commercials and a D23 and whatever. But I, I've seen so much joy from that scene. Uh, you know, I was in a stadium with people laughing at that scene. Like, yeah. Uh, HD, I, 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 were you a fan of this movie? I can't, I can't remember. I actually haven't seen Ralph oh, okay. Breaks the Internet yet. So okay, I will uh, not yeah, refrain right. from this conversation. So, uh, Peter, how about the song sequence for Nelpy Sings Your Song? Or, or Ben, I know you've seen this too, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think the Disney Princesses thing, it's really weird because I think I'm going to back Peter on this one, even though it's so clearly commercial and like almost nakedly commercial in the way that it, you know, it, it's sort of like Disney eating its own tail. But at the same but it time, makes fun the execution, of itself too. right, it, it does. And but like not that much, but uh, but enough, I think I, I think it I think the execution like you're talking about, Peter, it's all in the execution. I think the execution in that moment actually um it sort of uh, elevates it above eye roll territory into something. And, and like all of the dialogue in that sequence is actually really, really funny, too. So I, I think I'm going to side with Peter here. I don't think that Vanellope's song, I, I think it's a good moment in the movie, but I, I would not argue for that as like the top 50 of the year. So can we cut the song, Peter? Or, or is that something you want? You think we should uh, talk about more? Um, I do. Th- well, I do want to talk about it. I think we can cut it. I, I do think it was more of a surprise because it wasn't in any of the trailers. In, in that scene, that princess scene, she learns that the princesses, like, uh, how would you put it, Ben? Like they, they, that they all s- sing their wishes into some form of water. Yeah, and- yeah. It's like a self-actualizing moment and like they encourage her to have her own and she sort of uh organically has one later in the movie in inside this uh grand theft auto-esque world full of like uh, this video game world full of like violence and destruction and it's sort of like the the juxtaposition of like the uh sing-songy nature of that and like the violence that she's sort of striding through is really funny but it's it's a cute moment but i just i wouldn't say it it deserves to be in consideration here yeah, I'm, all right. I, I'm agreement. Chopping. Okay, Ben. Um, you, I think you've nominated your your submission from Free Solo, a movie that I've heard is really really good. And you and you've talked a lot about uh, why should this scene go? If you if you think so. 
Yeah, I like it a lot. I just think, um, um, you know, upon reflection, I, I probably should have nominated a different moment from the movie. The the moment that is on the list is the triumphant drone shots after Alex's climb. And it's this is a documentary about the guy who scaled the face of El Capitan in Yosemite National Park uh, without any uh, ropes or safety equipment at all. And the drone shots are actually not... I mean, it's it's like a release at the end of the movie, these, these shots that sort of... Um, uh, capture the elation of this incredible feat. But the more impressive moments are the guys hanging off of the rocks, the cameramen hanging off of these rock faces, capturing these shots as well. So I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's it's a moment. It's a, a balance of um, of catharsis versus uh, technique. And I think ultimately the technique is what sticks with me more. Uh, and that's the more impressive moment. But um, has anybody else here seen free solo yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I watched it. I got a screener of it and I watched it. what do you think about it, Chris? It's good. It gave me uh, anxiety. It's a very tense mood. I can't even imagine watching this like in IMAX. I watched it on my TV and just on that, that screen, it, I was like, this is nuts. I can't believe anyone would do this. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's a good movie. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know. I, uh, I definitely liked it, but I don't know. But is this moment one of the 50 best of the year? <sighs> a part of me wants to say no, but it is, you know, the whole movie in general is uh, very memorable, very, you know, uh, it, it sort of burns itself in your brain. But I don't know. It's weird because, like, I think of this list as being like scenes, and it, it feels weird to call something in a documentary a scene, even though it is technically a scene. But like, you know, it's not as st- it's not it's not staged, I guess, is what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. I feel like this this list is more about stuff that's deliberately staged by directors. If that makes any sense, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is hard because it's like uh, it, it's an incredible accomplishment, but I just don't know if it's like. I don't know. I don't know if it goes toe to toe with the rest of the stuff that's in our locked right. list so far. Well, let's leave it for now because it's clearly enough, you know, hesitation on your part. And I want to, I, I want, I want this, these cuts, these first round of cuts, to be all about movies that were all pretty much like, yeah, that can go. Speaking of, um, like HG nominated a scene from Paddington Two to go. Uh, tell us about the scene, HG. Yeah, so this is the scene in which Paddington uh, sort of converts Brendan Gleeson's uh, just mean and uh, cruel sort of uh, prison chef and teaches him how to make marmalade and basically transforms this entire prison into a joyful center of like happiness. And I think it was a a really wonderful scene to watch. And it's very like it kind of encapsulates everything that's so fun to watch about Paddington, too. But uh, I would rather go to bat for the end credit scene for Paddington 2. While I enjoyed the scene so much, um, I don't know if it would be top 50 material. All right, let's go ahead and chop Paddington out of here. Sorry, Paddington. All right, this is a scene I really like, um, but I'm not sure it makes the top 50, which is the endless bloody chase from Revenge. Who actually nominated this one? I haven't seen Revenge yet, so I'm not sure who put who, this one on the list. Who did nominate this? Oh, sorry, I actually- saw it, but I didn't. Actually, it's 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 me, and it's fine if we want to cut it. It's but it is a extensive uh, final act scene where the um our the main character is on the run from the the last um, remaining guy that's alive, who used to be her her boyfriend that she was having an affair with, and there is a ridiculous 
amount of blood uh, in this scene um, <laughs> all over the place and to the point where it, it almost gets laughable because they start chasing each other in circles in his house in the middle of the desert, basically. Um, it, it And it, yeah, it, it's, it's brutal and uh, intense and suspenseful, but uh, it doesn't sound like anybody else is on board for, <laughs> for it. So if we have to cut it, then I understand. It's a really good scene. I, 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 I think there's stronger stuff here though. Fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, cutting in three, two, one. Okay, Peter, review of Another Maggie can't be on this list. I'm sorry. It just can't. Uh, <laughs> that's fine because I'm going to argue the next one, so that's fine. Okay. That is the Atlanta's one-take fight in Aquaman. Go for it. I think Watch this is gonna... one of the best fight scenes of the year. And th- this was shot in one single take. Uh, sure, there's a lot of CGI augmentation of it, uh, you know, covering up, you know, faces and walls and stuff like that. But this is, like, just so very impressive. It's at the very beginning of this movie. This is an example of... I don't know. I don't think Aquaman's the greatest movie, but this is a great moment and a not so amazing movie. And it's finally a moment. There's a lot of times that we talk about, uh, you know, quote unquote, sorry, HD, strong female characters uh, kicking ass. And usually it feels to me like like a stunt person or I don't know it, it, it like oftentimes it doesn't come off like like cool or badass or authentic I'm not sure why like maybe I don't know maybe that's even something like my reading of it like it, it feels kind of fake in the way that it's executed and this is very stylish so it, it's not that this is accomplished in a real way but like I was like I saw the scene and I was like fuck yeah like this is you know awesome James Wan action my one hesitation here is that the other Aquaman scene we have nominated uh, into the trench, I think, is the best scene in Aquaman. Um, we can have the discussion later on because uh, I think we can talk about both those. Uh, burning the time capsule in eighth grade. We already have the car scene uh, from eighth grade on the list. Do we also need burning the time capsule? I really love the burning time capsule scene. It was, I think, the sort of emotional pinnacle of this movie. But I I don't actually I don't know who put this did I put this in here did someone else I don't remember it probably um, was you I think it was me um, but uh, I think I'd be willing to cut it uh, just because it's, it's it is a, a kind of a quieter moment um, and um, the other scene is definitely something that like is more seared in, seared in your brain. All right, so let's, let's chop that one out. Um, okay, I know we have a few fans of a simple favor around here, so tell me what the brother fucker scene is. I have not seen this. <laughs> Who'd poop with this? I put it on here, but um, <laughs> there's a uh, there's a sequence in a uh, simple favor where um, Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively they're, they're they're you know they're having martinis and they're talking, and Blake Lively pushes Anna Kendrick to tell her you know like a you know a story from her life that's you know risque and she tells this story about how she was reunited with the, uh her her half brother who's like you know who she had never met and they're at a party and she's telling this story one way and she says you know things you know they were drinking and they eventually ended up kissing but as she's telling the story we see what really happened and what really happened is like they went to bed together and Blake Lively is able to suss that out and realize Anna Kendrick is lying and she starts calling her like a brother fucker. It's a very funny and weird scene and it's really unlike anything else like Paul Feig has made before, which it just really impressed me. The movie overall is kind of like that. It's, it's, 
it's this weird blend of like funny and very dark morbid stuff so uh you know i, I thought it was a really great scene but you know whatever uh, I, my, my whole thing but i, I hearing this is that simple favor is the kind of movie i think belongs on this list because it flew under the radar but then after the fact like after it was like out of theaters you you like you fell in love with it i think brad fell in love with it i think ht fell in love with it all three of you are big fans right yeah, yeah that's true so like um if all, if all three of you think that yes this scene from a un- underheralded 2018 release that deserves more attention uh belongs on his list if this is that scene um let me know it because we can save this scene i, I thought- would yeah defend this scene it 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 is very funny. I I I didn't think of it as like a standout. Like oh man, that's so great moment. Because for me, it's just more the overall vibe of a simple favor, um, and just how darkly funny and and twisted every everything is. Um, so th- this one isn't. It's not a specific scene where I'm like oh yes, absolutely. But like I won't fight against having it on there either. All right. I uh, I think. Oh, sorry again. Oh, okay, okay. Chris, say your thoughts. Please. No, I was just going to say, like, I think what makes it so memorable for me is that like, up until this point in the movie, Anna Kendrick's character is presented as like really mousy and nerdy and, you know, just like <laughs> this person who's never really done anything, uh, you know, risque or dangerous or, you know, in her life. And this scene reveals, you know, there's more to her than we thought, you know, she's been established as. And I thought that was a really nice way of like twisting things around but so you know that's how that's why i liked it yeah so let's, let's keep let's keep it um i'm gonna nominate one i submitted uh to remove and that is the journey through hell from the house that jack built this is lars von trier's very controversial very divisive serial killer drama and for the bulk of the movie it's a very long movie it is um this sort of uh the life of this serial killer named jack as you see like five of his most he- heinous crimes and they're narrated um, by him describing them to a man named Verge, named Bruno Gans, played by Bruno Gans. And we don't know what it, where they are or why they're having this conversation and um, and why he's being so open with the Verge about all the horrible things he's done, all the murders he's committed, all these atrocities he's um, he's done. And at the very end of the movie, in the last 20 minutes, we learn that um, Jack is in hell. Verge is guiding him through hell. And the final 20 minutes uh, breaks from all the grimy upsetting realism to like this sort of renaissance painting version of hell with jack and verge walking through all these nightmarish scenes all these like like extreme slow motion sequences i feel like they've been ripped out of you know dante's inferno it is deeply upsetting and crazy and wild but i think only chris and i saw this so i don't think i have enough support to get it on the list so what do you think chris it's a really good scene. The whole movie is uh, the movie is really filled with really good scenes. This is one of those movies that had a very bad reputation. And even though it is a shocking film, I think it's a, a much smarter movie than people made it out to be. So a part of me wants it on the list just so we can make that point that this isn't like the torture porn that a lot of reviews made it out to be. There's more to the movie, but at the same time, yeah, you know, I don't know if it belongs, so I don't know. Yeah, it would be my, it would be my pick from the house that Jack built. And if more people at the table had seen the movie, I'd be more more willing to have the conversation. Uh, but I, I just think that this is Slash Slim's list, not the Jacob Chris list. So I, th- I think I got to cut it. Well, maybe it should be the Jacob Chris list. <laughs> Ever think of that? <laughs> All right. Well, goodbye, House of Jack Built. Uh, Chris and I are one of your defenders. We like you a lot. Well, Chris, it... I know you put this next one on the list. You nominated <laughs> this, right? <laughs> uh, the end credit scene from Ant-Man the Wasp. Uh, 
has to go. <laughs> I don't even think Jack Bill has to go. I, I like the end credit scene in Ant Man and the Wasp. I feel like it like you know, that was such a fun but kind of disposable movie. And then you get to this end credit scene where basically, you know, Ant Man gets stuck in the quantum realm and everybody else you know, there basically disappears and is dusted. I feel like it's such a uh, bitter ending. Like, but I don't know. I thought the thing is, it's not a scene from Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's a scene from Avengers Infinity War. It's basically an extension of Avengers Infinity War. It and is, not of the but movie it's still in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, but if you had not seen Infinity War, this scene would make like no sense. It, 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 it would, no, no, no. I think it would make sense because if you saw Ant Man and the Wasp and then Infinity War, you would be like, "What happens?" And then that movie would answer what happens. <laughs> no, but I'm saying if you never ever saw Infinity War, the oh, scene would. Uh, yeah, but it's like a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger scene. Ben, explain to Peter why this scene cannot be on our list. Look, I I really, really, really liked Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think it's like the funniest thing, but uh, uh, like one of the funnier Marvel movies, um, especially the past few years. It's like right up there with Ragnarok and for me in terms of like, like the overall comedy. But I think this moment is just <clears throat> it doesn't have. So we've already seen the trailer for Avengers Endgame. Right. And so this moment has no finality to it. It has no it has none of the shock value and none of the um the like oh shit value that the Thanos snap from uh Infinity I think it War does had. because I don't think you're expecting them to turn to dust like that is well, not expected at all when they but, come back when when the movie ends when Infinity War ends and that's the thing you're left with a sense of dread or or this at least the sense of like oh wow I can't believe they did that but when this happens in the post credit scene of Ant-Man and the Wasp you're like ah those fucking guys well the you know Ant-Man's going to be back soon and like we've already seen that he's back, you know, it just it doesn't have the same weight that uh, those other moments did. So I, I don't know. I, I just don't. <laughs> I can't fathom this being being in our group top fifty. But I, I I'm sure it would be like you know number ten on Peter's personal top fifty moments or something like that. But um, I. I... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is there anybody who would back Peter on this one? I feel like when I was in the theater, the the audience reaction was probably in the top ten of this year of like a moment in the cinema. I don't. Yeah, but this isn't about audience reaction, Peter. This is about our moment. No, but it is about my moment. Like I feel like this is this would be like in my top ten. This I'm somewhere. I'm somewhere in the middle, just because it, it was a cool moment, and I think that I was definitely surprised that everybody except. Scott disappeared. I think I think that's a, that's that's a surprise. But I, I'm not necessarily sure as far as top fifty. It, it's a it's a cool fun moment for sure. But I'm not I'm not sure that I would put it up there. All right, I'm gonna bold it because Peter is so adamant. But I don't think it's gonna make it. <laughs> we cut down to at the end. All right, Peter and has here again the last one. Yeah, Peter has a scene <laughs> from my most hated film of last year. Uh, a film I wish would die in a fire. Uh, Peter, what is this scene? Okay, now I know this isn't a movie that anybody here really loves. I actually, a person who who I really love Jurassic World, I did not really dig Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. But I think the opening scene of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is 
uh, probably the best opening scene of any of the Jurassic Park films. Uh, J.A. Biona uses mood and atmosphere in like that nighttime scene that takes us back to the island. And it's really like uh, there's some really cool moments of suspense and, and horror there. Uh, the ending shot of the how do you pronounce it? Mosasaurus? I think yeah. it is jumping out of the water at the the helicopter. I don't know. I feel like it's it's a very cool action scene. Now I understand. I know you, what you're going to argue is like the movie that followed it might have ruined that. Opening scene, but I feel like that opening scene as itself like felt the most like Steven Spielberg's original Jurassic Park that we'll probably ever get in in you know the future of this franchise. I disagree, but at the same time, I'm I'm not going to argue that it's it's the best scene in the movie by far. Um, it, it, it it's the only scene in the movie that's actually worthwhile in my opinion. I, it wouldn't make my top fifty. At the same time, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna battle you against this right now. I I, I think that it's a perfectly adequate, well-executed scene. As someone who um, didn't hate Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, I actually don't really remember this scene. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't... I I think I was impressed by the visuals but didn't really leave, like, a big impact on me. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I'll, I'll say about that. Now, I know I'm going to be wrong here, but I feel like someone like Chris, who kind of love you know loves horror and stuff i feel like you would have at least liked this opening scene um i mean i hate this movie i don't think this scene is bad per se but i mean like do you like can you tell me literally anything about any of the characters in that scene they're just well it's like it's like well can you tell me anything about any of the characters in the opening scene of jurassic park that has like the well one of them is uh muldoon the great hunter who spends a lot of time (laughs) in the film and you know one of them is the guy who triggers the whole uh, you know the guy getting killed is what triggers everyone going to the park because his family is suing the park like all that stuff that happens in the well, opening no, but stuff happens here they're they're recovering okay see the problem reco- the problem is they're they're recovering a bone for, for from the uh the water in, no indominus rex that was in the uh-huh. water that it ends up being a big part of that movie and yes that part of the movie sucks i agree so the legacy of that scene is not uh, good. But I feel like the scene, if you watch that scene, if that was like a short film that they released, I feel like you would enjoy it. I feel like that would be a good short film. I don't know. I just keep thinking back to the opening of the original Jurassic Park where you never actually even see the raptor and yet it's like terrifying. Whereas this, you're just seeing a big Well, you don't, you don't, see, anything, you don't see anything in this until the very, very end, right? No, you see the 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 T Rex and the, like the lightning and you know, I I don't know. I'm not saying it's it's awful. It's it's definitely not the worst thing in that movie. But let it, let's let's that leave it. Broken. Let's leave it on. I'm voting for it just to make Peter happy. I want I want Peter to be happy. Everyone deserves to be happy once in their life. So let's. <laughs> okay, what we're gonna do now is now that we've gone through and chopped this list down considerably, we're gonna instead of being negative and saying like this stuff that needs to go. Let's go and start make our little roundtable uh, of what do we think needs to stay. Um, so, once it was, it was, I'm looking at my list. Of, the way I'm ordering this in my head is like whoever is like in order on my Skype page. <laughs> so the order is going to be me, HT, 
Brad, Chris, Ben, Peter. Um, go ahead and nominate a movie at a moment that you think has to be on the list. Uh, get locked in. If enough people agree, um, we can go ahead and just, you know, um, uh, and move, move forward. If enough people disagree, we can go ahead and, you know, reconsider it and you can pick something else. Um, but like I said, we're on the home stretch here. So be very careful. Like, think about the moments like yeah, you think really belong on this list and ones you really, really want to support. Wait, are we talking about moments we have already talked about or other or anything? Anything. Um, like, for example, I want to nominate something, um, a scene that we've not talked about at all, but I think genuinely belongs on this list, and that is the kitchen fight from Upgrade. Uh, who here has seen Upgrade? I have. I have. Okay. This is the scene where Upgrade outdoes Venom every single step of the way. Everything Venom tries to do, Upgrade does backwards while dancing on a low budget. Uh, and this is Logan Marshall Green uh, as a formerly paralyzed man with microchip implanted in his brain that gives him an AI that helps him move. And he starts investigating his wife's murder, and he gets into a bathroom, a, sorry, a kitchen fight with this criminal who knows more. And the AI chip who speaks in his head volunteers to take over his body to win the fight. And what follows is Logan Marshall Green doing this, like, Buster Keaton meets serial killer routine where he's stabbing and slicing and dicing and destroying this guy um, while, like, his body does impossible things. And all the while, Logan Marshall Green's face is one of total astonishment and terror and, like, almost like he's apologetic. It's just, it's, it's a case of an amazing performance in an amazing action scene uh, in an amazing, like, high-concept moment. Yeah. Uh, does anybody else agree that the kitchen fight should be on this list? I love this scene. Yes, put it on there. Anybody disagree? I haven't no, seen it, so... It sounds, I haven't seen it either, but it sounds cool. All right. I, I, is, I feel like the movie isn't incredible, but you need to see it just for the scene. Yeah, the, the, the movie itself is good, this scene is great, like straight up great. It is the be- one of the best action sequences of last year, hands down. All right, HG, what do you want to nominate? All right, I'm going to go back to the Josie turns into a flower scene from Annihilation. So Annihilation was a film that had, didn't quite leave as much an impact on me as everyone else did. It was the one film I think was on everyone else's list, top 10 list, and didn't make it on mine, even though it was a movie I really liked. But this was the scene that really stuck with me and just really sat with me through the the weeks after I saw this movie. And it's because um, it got to some sort of deeper meaning about the cycle of life and how giving into like this greater force uh, isn't a bad thing, isn't a good thing. It's almost benevolent in a way. And um, I I really love Tessa Thompson's delivery in this. I like how ambiguous it is. I like how beautiful it ends in the way that when Natalie Portman's character just follows her and she just comes upon this field of um, other like trees that are uh, a covered with blooming flowers that are shaped like human beings. So it implies that there are other people who just kind of gave in to the shimmer and like it's, it's forces um, in a way that um, was almost peaceful. So I, I really love this scene and I'm going to uh, go to bat for it. I do really think that the showdown in the lighthouse scene from annihilation deserves to be on the top 52. So I'm going to just say that this scene um, doesn't should uh, be on the top 50 as well. I mean, I, as I said last episode, the lighthouse scene is my favorite scene in the movie. And mm. I think if we get the flower on here, it means lighthouse may not make it. But, oh, I but I feel very strongly that Annihilation should be on this list more than once because it has that many memorable moments. And I feel very strongly that this moment had an effect on you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know it had an effect on other people at the table as well. And I wholeheartedly support it being on the list. 
Is that do we need more votes or? Uh, well, yeah. Let's hear from Yes, me. I vote for it, but I also vote for the lighthouse thing. Put them both on there. Adultery annihilation. <laughs> is, is anybody opposed to the flower scene? I think it's one of the most beautiful moments yeah. of the year. God, I'm yeah. not opposed to it, but I also really hope the lighthouse scene makes it. So. Yeah, see, right. see, that's the thing is if it's between the lighthouse scene and this, I, I feel like I would to the lighthouse scene. But if we can get both of them, I don't right. know. Well, I've added Josie Turns to Flower to the final list. We, one of us can nominate the lighthouse scene because I agree. If if three scenes on our list, on our final list, are from Annihilation, I would not complain because that, that movie is nothing but stirring, incredible moments. Uh, but now it's Brad's turn to nominate something. Oh, boy. Um, I think that I want to... You know, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go for it, and I'm gonna say the the fake out ending from Vice. We just talked about it, and I just think that it's a Vice was one of my favorite movies of the year, um, and I think it's it is a a moment that you don't normally see in a movie like this. It's evidence of Adam McKay's pure, uh, harsh satirical slant on Dick Cheney and all those those events. I think it's hilarious and fantastic, and yeah, I think it should be on the list. I agree, Chris. I know you've seen this movie as well. Uh, yeah, I love this scene. I actually think I put it on the list, so yeah, I'm 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 fine with it being on there. Like I said, I've not seen Vice, but um, I'm won over by their enthusiasm. Uh, HT and Ben, do you have any opinions on this? I have seen Vice. I do not like Vice, but I can't find any reason to argue against this scene. Yeah, this sounds great. I, I don't think I've seen this done in any movie, and I haven't seen Vice yet, but this makes me excited to check it out. You, okay. I have seen it done in other movies, but usually it's done in such a jokey way that like it's immediately clear that this is just you no know, a joke. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, this the one commitment to done. the bit is what sells yeah. it really. The only one that I know that stands out is the, that Man on the Moon begins with uh, Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman ending the movie, and it's, it's like so obviously like a gag um, that like you don't even believe it. But this like you could totally buy into the fact that like wait really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Chris, you're trying to nominate something. Which what belongs in top fifty? Uh, I'm just doing the the hot dog thing again. Put that on there. Oh, we, we already already put the we already locked the one in. Oh, that's definitely on there. All yeah, right. So, yep. Oh shit, I was <laughs> I was counting on that, so I didn't pick another one. Uh, Should I come back to you? Yeah, come back to me. Uh, ben, what's your pick? I'm gonna say. I've only seen this movie once, but I'm gonna argue for the ending of First Reformed. Um, I feel like that should be on. On there, the the way that that ending subverts what you think it's leading to for the whole film, and how it it's not interested in giving you that answer, but instead presenting you with uh, something that's a little bit more um, deliberately <laughs> uh, obfuscated, I guess. Uh, and I mean, I just think I don't think we have any moments from First Reformed on the list so far. I'm scanning not it really yet. quickly. Okay, yeah, and I feel like this is this is the thing. You know, this is the one. This is the what the entire moment, le- what the entire movie leads to, and uh, I, I just feel like it should be there. Chris, this is your favorite movie of the year. Is this the right choice for, for First Reformed? Yeah, definitely. I if I had to pick one scene from First Reformed, it, it's this because uh, that ending like completely blew me away when I first saw it. And HD, I know you're, you this one also made your top fifteen. Yes, um, I preferred the cosmic planking scene, but I think that the ending is really powerful and just like so so strange too so i think that it deserves a spot on the list i'm not as warm on a first reform as you, as you guys are like it's really really good uh didn't make my top 15 
but I cannot. I, I think, in good consciousness, I cannot deny First Reformed being on this list. The movie hit too many people too hard. Uh, Brad and Peter, do you have any thoughts on this? I have not uh, seen this film, so I really have no thoughts. I'm not quite as in love with First Reformed as everybody else is. Uh, I do think that it's it's very good and it's uh, unique um, enough to to stand out. And I do, I do think this scene is such a um, a turn from what you would expect, and you know, crazy in its own way. That uh, I, I I I don't really have any uh, good argument against it. All right, so let's go and lock in First Reformed. Uh, Chris, back to you if you want to make your selection now. All right, I'm going to go with the 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 brother fucker scene. I really think that's that's a really good scene. It's it's different from almost everything else on the list right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for that. That has my vote. Yeah, I think that I've heard so many people discover um, a, a simple favor after the fact. There's so many people come around on it after it did okay in theaters that even though I have not seen it yet, like people on the staff who have seen it, people I've known in real life who have seen it, all came away going, "Oh wow, that was actually really good and really funny." So you have you have my support. Who else, who who else um, is here for this? I agree with it. I think that Simple Favor is just so tonally out there, and this scene is definitely the embodiment of that. Um, it's not even like the craziest scene in a Simple Favor, I think, but I do think it is where the ties start to turn, and you're like, oh, this is what ki- the kind of movie this is. All right, I hear no objections. So wait, other real fu- quick, real uh, quick, is the oh no, he died officially on the list yet? Because yeah, that's thinking- on there. All right, then never mind. Then yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Peter, you're up. What scene? What scene? Do we move to the top fifty? Uh, um. By the way, I'd like to say right now that I know it sounds like I am the most populous person here arguing for the biggest movies, and it's not arguing for these smaller movies. And the reason for that is I know that you guys are going to argue for the smaller movies that I in moments that I loved. So I feel like I have to take on a cause. Uh, If I made my top 10 list of moments, I think maybe four of them would be blockbusters. Um, What what do I want? Uh, You know what? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to pick the Aquaman one take fight scene. I think that should be that that should definitely be on the list. All right. Here's my uh, here's my one question, Peter. Uh, I'm all for supporting this. I think it's a really, really impressive scene. I like Aquaman quite a bit. And any scene that lets Nicole Kidman kick ass is, you know, fine by me. Uh, why is it better than the Into the Trench scene with the, with the incredible shots of Aquaman diving into the deep with surrounded by all the uh, trench creatures? Uh, I, I mean, in my mind, they're both on even keel, but I, I don't feel like you guys are going to let two Aquaman scenes make the list, <laughs> which is trouble. But I feel like, you know, I was in the editing room for Aquaman and James Wan showed me this this one take fight scene. When I saw it, I was like, this is the best scene I've seen. Like when I first like I even said to myself, like, this is the best scene I've seen all year. Uh, the Into the Tretch scene is good in its own way, in a very different way. It has more atmosphere. It, you know, I, has some tension to it. I love that wide shot that they do. Uh, but it's two totally different types of scenes. It's hard to even compare them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, right, all right, Peter. Um, I I I, I agree with you. Hard fight getting two awkward moments on there, but I think they're both really good moments. Does anybody have a strong argument against the scene being in there? I I agree with the take that Into the Trench is better simply because I think it's more representative of how weird and out there Aquaman is. Whereas I think the one take fight sequence is just a cool, well shot 
See, I feel like Into the Trench represents more of James Wan's like horror and stuff, and 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 the 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 other scene actually represents the movie more. But see, I think that Into the Trench represents both James Wan's horror sensibilities and the weirdness that he was able to bring out of Aquaman because of his horror sensibilities, especially when it comes to like the the monstrousness of the creatures and and all all the things that we see throughout the rest of the major action sequences in Aquaman, whereas. The Atlanta's one take fight. It's a like I said, it's a very well shot sequence. It's a cool fight, um, but I think if we were counting but, down, but, the but, okay, let, let's get. Uh, well, here's the question I have for you: Like, does this have to be the argument of one or the other? It doesn't. I, I was just giving you a jumping off point. Um, uh, I like I said, I think the Atlanta's one take fight could be on this list, and I'd be perfectly happy with it. Um, but I, I I just can't imagine this group of people putting Aquaman on the list twice. And that's my that's my one concern. But it's if if but if Peter is passionate for this scene and he really truly is, uh, then I, he has my back here because uh, I think Aquaman should be on this list. The movie is such a good, pleasant surprise and it's really well made and really fun. So it needs to be on the list. The question is which scene, and if this is a scene that Peter has his his muscle behind. Then I think it's the scene. I mean, I think both scenes should be on the list, but <laughs> I, I really don't think that's going to happen. So I don't I know. Mean, as, the funny thing is, yeah, I'm I think I'm the person on the staff who likes Aquaman the most, and I think it would be strange to have two Aquaman scenes on the list. But I do like both these scenes. But I am also leaning more towards Brad in that the trench scene is just so visually stunning, and that that also the embodiment of just like what Aquaman is while giving us these like Lovecraftian type of creature designs as well in a way that just you don't expect at all. Um, so I, I would put my weight behind the trench scene, but um, so if like, if one were to make it into the list, yeah, I, but I, I feel you... weird uh, even wading into this argument, but just really quickly, I think the trench thing, it's too big. There's too many creatures going on. Like if that that imagery yeah. of him diving into the water with that red torch is really cool. But he's also surrounded by 1.2 billion trench creatures because this movie has no sense of, of restraint at all. And for me, What's the biggest wrong with of that, it, ben? it, it ben, lost. What, what have you wrong? done to Ben? Who's this imposter? <laughs> I just think that, you know, it, it crosses a line. As someone who likes the Fast and Furious movies, there's so many Fast and Furious style beats in this movie that I feel like you would love. I don't know why you don't love this movie. I, I don't know either. I love Furious 7, which is another James Wan movie. But I, yeah, this one, I don't know. That that was That's my two cents on that moment. I don't want to drag this out anymore. But Chris, you, you haven't seen Aquaman, right? I want to make sure you get in here. Yeah, I, I, have, I have yet to see it. Okay. All right. So we seem pretty split. But so... I support Peter in that Atlanta's one-take fight belongs in a list. Uh, Brad, HT, and Ben do not. Is that how I'm in the room? No, I think I do by default. Oh, you do by because, default. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm so shocked, Ben. But I do support the Atlanta scene. But if later on there is a um, – the trench scene is not in there and the Atlanta scene is, I would vote for a change. All right. I'm going to move Atlanta's one-take fight up there because I think there's just enough support to, to boost it over. Um, you know, who knows, there could be some last minute changes, but right now I feel I, I have Peter's back. I'm in his corner for this one. All right. Well, it's back to me. Holy, holy crap. I need to think about what I want to nominate. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to, um, nominate, um, you know, um, I'm going to nominate, uh, Jack Hawk's final request from Can You Ever Forgive Me? And, uh, Chris, I'm going to let you describe this thing because I know it moved you just as well. 
Uh, it's a very, it's a lovely scene. So at, at the end, Richard E. Grant's character, um, well, Melissa McCarthy's character asks Richard E. Grant's character if she can write about what they did throughout the movie, which is, you know, creating these forgeries of uh, letters. And, you know, at first he's resistant and then he finally gives in and um, he, he he says, uh, where's the exact, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he, he basically asks, he says something like, you know, can you make me younger and say I had perfect skin? And the, that line as written could be done like in a jokey comedic way, but Richard E. Grant delivers it in this really like sad uh, sort of almost like pathetic way where he's just, he just sounds really, you know, heartbroken and it's just the, the delivery of the line is what makes it work so well. And it's, it's, it is a great moment. It's, and it's the moment that stuck with me most of that film. Yeah. And at that point in the movie, the character is dying and he does not look well. And you get the impression that, he his entire legacy is about to vanish. Like when he when he dies, he's gone. He's left behind nothing, and whatever portrait of him is left is what uh, Lee Israel, the character played by McCarthy, leaves uh, to, to represent him in her, in her book. So you get the impression that this is not just a request; it's a dying request. It is him asking his best friend, "Please make me a better person. Please make me the handsome person. Make me the person I wish I was." And it is incredibly moving, and I think it belongs on the list. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I have no argument against this. It's a, it's a touching, wonderful scene, and Richard E. Grant is amazing in that movie. So, anyone, anyone, uh, whether you've seen it or not, uh, think that this does not sound like it's something that belongs in the top fifty. I think uh, you're all good. I have not seen this movie yet, but it yeah. sounds like everybody loves it. I need to see it. Yeah. All right. I find it really hard to argue against something I haven't seen. Okay, um, I bumped it up there. Uh, HT, you're up. All right, I'm going to go to bat for uh, the one movie that I only I have seen, but I will defend this moment. Uh, it's the burning the swimsuit scene from Shoplifters. So there are just a collection of just wrenching, emotionally devastating scenes in this film. But I think this one is the one that best gets to um, this movie's uh, emotional outpouring while being uh, still driven by the love that is present in these these characters. So this scene is, um, it takes place after uh, the family is shopping for the young girls um, a, a swimsuit to take, uh, to wear to go to the beach uh, for their first time ever going to the beach. And um, at one point during the, um, they're, when they're shopping for it, uh, she doesn't want a a certain swimsuit that she's trying on, but she doesn't know how to say it. And they realize that she's scared to say that she doesn't like it because she was beaten by her, her parents. And so later on, um, they shoplift the, the swimsuit and they bring it to their, the back, their backyard where they, um, burn it, um, in this little, uh, barrel and the, the pseudo mother hugs her from behind. And she's like, um, if people love you, they won't say like, they won't hit you. They won't. Um, they won't say that they will buy you things. They will do this, and she just hugs her, and they just like stay in this embrace for a long time as the swimsuit burns. And it's just a gorgeous, understated, really beautiful, profound scene that I think definitely deserves a place on the top fifty. 
This is a we got the interesting choice because HT is the only person I think on staff who's seen Shoplifters. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. And the problem here is that this, this is your number one film of the year. It was a film that uh, won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. It's going. It's a front runner for best picture, best foreign film of the Oscars. It is a major, major blind spot and a major fumble. The rest of us missed it. I, if I feel guilty about it, yeah, it's like something. That's, I, and it's a case where it was. I, it was I, on I, my watch list, but I, it was hard to find someplace that was even showing it, and I didn't get a screener of it. So, but I would argue since this is HG's number number one film of the year, the film that she put at the top of her list, it, uh, that I think that has enough weight for it to make our personal list. But I want to hear from everybody else as well. Yeah, and her description was very, very moving. I mean, that scene sounds incredible. So I, I also feel guilty about not seeing this film. But um, just HG's description of it alone, I think, has sold me. It, it really annoys me. But I, I've said this before. I can't like vote against something I haven't seen. But it annoys me that I don't have anything I haven't seen that I can get by you guys. <laughs> All right. Oh, um. I'm going to go ahead and put Burning the Swimsuit yeah. from Shoplifters into our top 50 because... We know the movie's I, good because it's on yeah. all the top 10. <laughs> I trust I trust <laughs> HG's for your opinion. guys. Yeah. I, tr- I trust HG's opinion uh, explicitly here. But uh, speaking of opinions, I, d- I also trust... Hey, Brad, what's next? Um, That is a good question. I would like to go to bat for... The Stanley cameo in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yes, uh, I'm totally on Peter's side. I think that Stanley's death made this cameo more meaningful than it otherwise might have been. But that's the time that we live in, and that's what happened. And I think that it's it's a message that lines up uh, with the rest of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse's ideals and progressive stance on anybody can wear the mask. Um, I think his line about you know it, it always fits eventually is kind of a uh, a touching sentiment that has so many meanings for people for a variety of reasons. Um, and I, I would agree that it's Stanley's best cameo. And I, I think that it deserves to be on this list. And, and it so represents like the huckster that he used to be. Yes. Like, this is why I was about to say, that, I would say this that, is why that, I support it. That I, also tr- sorry. Yeah. I, should, I should have interrupted. I'm sorry. You're, you're, no, you're totally right. Cause like he, he's, he's also such a, he has a little bit of that used car salesman personality and he's like, just trying to get him to buy that suit you know, no matter uh, or any way that he can. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that as well. It's the only Stanley cameo to really get a, a full-fledged portrait of who he was as a person in about 10 seconds. And that's why, even though it wouldn't be my choice, it's why I won't say no to this. Yeah, I really like this choice. I'm I'm down for this one. I like it, too. I can hear Chris saying no in his head. Oh, no, no. Sorry. No, oh. it's good. Put it okay. on there. All right. Uh, well, Again, this of... is the one uh, superhero movie that Chris likes. Ever. <laughs> yes, ever. Right. The only one. <laughs> Hates all of them. Okay, right, Chris, it is your turn to nominate something. Uh, all right, I'm going to go with the, uh, the, the 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 that first dance scene in Suspiria where uh, Dakota Johnson inadvertently kills that other woman by, or not kills her, but like breaks all of her bones by slamming her around into that mirror just because I think that scene is uh phenomenal and i it's it's especially in this day and age with a lot of horror movies they don't really use practical effects like that and that scene was done almost entirely practical with like makeup and prosthetics and that alone makes it like fantastic in my eyes yeah i'm, I'm happy with anything with suspiria beyond this list and i guess last time i nominated another scene i nominated suspiria arrives but um, I think that this scene is just as worthy of being on the list, and I can't say no to it. I think it's an incredible and upsetting scene. 
I agree. I think this one stands out for me even ab- above Mother Suspirium because it's so stark. It's just the body horror that stands out and the and it just it hits so much harder I think because it's um while Mother Suspirium is just like a lot of everything is happening, Susie dancing is something that um because it's just so centered on one thing makes it much more um searing, I think. I did not see this movie but at CinemaCon, I did see the scene, and this scene was enough for me to not want to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, take that for what, what you will. All right. Does anybody else want to make an active uh, choice? Say no. This should not be on the list. I think this this scene is hot garbage, and I hate it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I haven't seen Suspiria. <laughs> All right. Well. I've, I'm putting this on the list, uh, unless anybody hugely objects, because we have some very strong um, fights for it. Okay, um, so that was Chris. Uh, ben, your turn to nominate something. I'm going to not play the game correctly and nominate something that I feel like Brad would probably nominate, but I just really like this scene a lot, and I really want it to be on the list, and that's the pregnancy reveal from If Beale Street Could Talk. Brad just talked hey. about it. Not What's that? said, hooray! <laughs> Uh, he just talked about it not too long ago and I just I want to echo everything he said I think the performances are so great and like the dialogue is so biting and piercing in that sequence and just the way that um, the two families really have each other's backs even the ones even the one who is clearly in the wrong it's sort of like almost touching the way that they all sort of gather around together um, the the women in that family even though (laughs) they're obviously like out of their minds but just the uh, you feel the love in that scene and if Beale Street could talk is all about love and um that's i i think one of the better scenes in that movie yeah this is this is a scene where even though it's early on it's where i realized oh i'm watching a great movie is the, the levels of, of of where it goes and how it goes and how it pushes those relationships and how well it paints everything i mean there's a moment in this scene where um where a, a, a man strikes a woman and the reactions from everybody in the room you immediately realize like oh i, I can tell the entire dynamic of the entire room based on how they reacted to that strike and mm-hmm. it's so clear. I, I think this. I think this is a great scene. I think Bill Street deserves to be on the on the list twice. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Uh, yeah, that scene is um, incredible. So yeah, I, I have no objection. Uh, and Brad, you're clearly on board for this too, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I know Peter, you, you liked Bill Street, but you didn't love it. So what, what, what would you say to this? The, the scene's fine. I mean, I, <laughs> I I actually prefer the 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 moving scene that was cut better than this, but um, I do understand that this has a bigger range of emotions. Uh, t- I don't know. I I felt the slap. That that's the scene, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I felt like that felt a little independently filmed. Like it didn't feel real to me. But um, but um, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm not right, against I, it. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I think that's. I think that sounds like we we have Beale Street locked into that last into that slot. All right, Peter, it is your turn. So let's figure out. Let's get another blockbuster on here. <laughs> uh, see, this is tough because there's films on this list that we have not talked about. I mean, moments on this list that we have not talked about. There's no stars next to them. They're not bolded, and I want to say them, but I see how many of my big movies that I want to get on this list that that we have talked about that if I don't fight for them now, are going to, you know, be dusted. So what's the choice to make here? I don't know. Uh, hmm. I, uh, 
Well, you know where we stand, generally speaking, on the ones that are bolded, because we've talked about them before. But so you you have to argue against what you know of our reactions to those versus what you think you might be able to convince us of and the ones we haven't talked about yet. I I know there's ones that you have not talked about yet that I could easily convince you, but that would mean possibly the ones I want to be on the list will not make the list. So I'm I'm just going to go with an... I think this one might be an easier of the big films. And I think Vanellope meeting the Disney princesses should be on this list. Like, it would be ridiculous if it wasn't, I think. Yeah, I, I feel like that scene was a, a pop culture juggernaut in the same level as Thanos' snap. So even if you think the scene is a corporate ploy, which, you know, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I, I don't want to paint that anyone in that view. I think that scene, like, really, really, like, woke people up and said, oh, this is, it, it, it deserves to be on a list. Yeah, it's it's so memorable and fun, and it's just it's such a cool thing to see all the Disney princesses in a big screen movie like this, especially uh, most of them in in a form that we've never seen them before, computer animated. I think it was, it was just a cool way of bridging Disney's computer animation with their two D animation and doing it in a really fun way. Is anybody actively opposed to this? All right. <laughs> Uh, Vanellope meets Disney princesses is making our list for sure. Okay, I'm going to talk about one that I don't, I don't think may have enough support. If you guys think it's, if you guys actively think nope that we shouldn't be on our list, even if you haven't seen it, let me know. I have, I have a backup. Um, but the pool scene from The Strangers Pray at Night. Strangers Pray at Night is a sequel to The Strangers, like a ten years too late sequel, and I think it's actually a better movie. It has this rad AD soundtrack. This um, killer synth score uh very scary very violent um very tense uh, very very much a john carpenter throwback in, in all the right ways and there's a scene late in the movie where the stranger is this trio of um of mass killers i've uh, cornered his family uh in this a trailer park and the teenage son escapes to the swimming pool which is, is lit up with these like really bright blue lights from within it and there's neon lights all around the swimming pool and the killer starts blasting um total eclipse of the heart on the soundtrack and it's this fight to the death in this in and around this pool with Total Eclipse of the Heart blasting all these like flashing neon lights and these bl- this blinding light of the pool. And there's a lot of blood drawn. So the really bright blue pool starts filling full of red blood. And for my money, it's one of the best slasher sequences I've ever seen. Um, I, I think it's a better straight up slasher scene than anything in Halloween. Halloween's a better movie. But I think in terms of like this a, a highlight reel of great, you know, Chase the Texas Massacre, here's a great kill from that movie. Here's a great kill from... Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. He's a great, um, you know, um, Jason Voorhees kill. I think he did a montage of like great individual standout slasher film sequences. This pool scene would be on it, but I know I think only Chris has seen this other than me, right? No, I've I've seen this. Too. Oh, okay. What do you think, Brad? Um, I do think that it's a really um good slasher sequence. I'm not necessarily convinced that it's one of the 50 best moments of the year. Um, it feels like it sometimes that it's a, trying a little too hard to like. With the juxtaposition of the pop music and the, and that kind of thing, it's it almost feels like it's from an entirely different movie because I I don't think that it really fits in with the vibe of uh the the strangers at, at all. Um, so I I don't know. It, it, this was the point in the movie where I just started feeling like it was they were starting to try to do too much at the last minute. Um, so I'm I'm not necessarily for it. All right, uh, that's fair. What do you think, Chris? 
Uh, I really liked it. I, I really enjoyed this one. I don't think it's better than the first one because the first one is more of a slow burn, which I, I tend to like more. But I feel like a lot of people, a lot of horror fans slept on this movie in 2018 and they really should have because it, it's a lot of fun. And I, I think this scene is great. So I have no objection to it being on the list. All right. Um, my main thing is, I know you and I support this, but the fact that Brad doesn't and the fact that nobody else in the staff has seen it makes you wonder if it's a good fit for our top 50. Um, so I'm going to bold it. Um, and we'll, maybe we'll bounce back to it. Okay, who else, who here has seen The Night Comes for Us? If I'm not made something else. I started and gave up on it, but I think I saw a fight in an apartment and that was the scene that made me turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> The, the best fight sequence of 2018. The most violent, <laughs> merciless, awful, horror movie-esque fight scene I've ever seen. Uh, I, I think that Night Comes For Us um, by Timo Tejanto is the raid level good. It is maybe not as good in terms of story or character, but the action in this movie is extraordinary and extraordinarily violent. And it's, and it's envelope pushing in ways where I don't, I don't know how people survived this. People look like they're actually dying for your amusement. Uh, I think this maybe is one of the most astonishing action films of all time. It made my top 15 of the year. Uh, I think Chris also saw this, right? Uh, yes, I did. Which fight scene? Is this the one near the end with the air conditioner and everything? Cause... Uh, no, this is the one in, uh, in, the, in the apartment where they're like bottlenecked with all the guys rushing the machetes. Uh, see, I think the one with all the female characters is actually the better fight, but I do think this movie belongs on the list somewhere because this is up there with... Um... Mad Max Fury Road in the terms of films where you've watched them, like you said, where you watch them and you're just like, how did someone not die while they were making this? And I feel like that alone qualifies it because there's not a single action movie this year that even comes close to this. Uh, ben, can I turn your argument around on you and say that something as grotesque as this movie having that effect on you maybe makes it memorable? Maybe makes it worthwhile on the list? I just didn't care about the characters i was impressed with the the technical aspects of the fight scenes but i just i i couldn't engage with any of the story elements but so i guess if you're just watching it for the pure like visceral nature of the fights and then yes it does stand out in that regard and if that's what you're arguing for then i can get on board for that um i guess that's what we're talking about really when when it all comes down to it is moments not like not characters or not uh you know whether the arcs are satisfying or any of that it's a moment <laughs> and i suppose that uh i suppose that the apartment fight is a memorable moment so i'll give well, it that screw storytelling i want blood man i want blood <laughs> all right uh, i want is anybody from outside looking in feel like this is a, a fair based on what chris and i have said does it sound like something that you would be okay with being on top 50 yeah, I mean, considering what the movies you guys have mentioned as far as comparing the action uh, when it comes to The Raid and Mad Max Tree Road, I feel like if I saw this movie, I would probably be like, fuck yeah, put this scene on there. Same. All right. The Apartment Fight from that comes for us has made the list, and that makes me very happy because that was a, a fantastic fest hit. Everybody loved it there. And they kind of quietly vanished on Netflix. I'm, I'm happy we can give another boost here. Yeah, but All right, th uh, that also means that we only have 10 more movies. Yeah, we're going to go one more loop through this. Then we'll have to argue it out for the last few slots. So HT, which, in, our, in, our, in our final 10, what do you pick? All right. I am going to go with the Rain on the Roof song from Paddington 2. So you may not remember, this is the end credits scene in which Hugh Grant's character, uh, Pat Buchanan, uh, is in prison. 
and he turns the prison into his one-man cabaret show and uh, just performs one giant musical number with all the other prisoners as his supporting uh, dancers and actors. And it is a great scene and so unexpected and so fun. And I think just so um, indicative of what kind of joy Paddington 2 um, gives to us. It's the complete opposite of what you're just talking about. But I'm going to go to that for the scene. I have not felt as much joy watching, uh, watching a movie in theater as I did seeing this film and just like ending on this ending scene. This scene rules. I'm right there with you, HD. Awesome. Yeah. Paddington 2 belongs on this list, 100%. Does anybody dislike padding this? Who here is the monster who's going to step up and block this from being on the list? <laughs> no one. Okay, moving on. Brad, nominate your scene. Paddington's on the list. I would like to nominate... I mean, yeah, see, this is... It's an easy one, but I feel like it's got to be on there. Uh, the, the Halo Jump from Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, yes. This, you know, it's uh, it, it, Fallout's full of just incredible action sequences, and like they all deserve to be on this list. And this one is—it's made all the more cool that by the fact that Tom Cruise actually pulled this off. I mean, the fact that the can't there's a camera guy that did it along with him and actually got the shots that they needed. Um, and I think that the the whole the sequence itself is shot in such a cool way because it's the first time that I've ever really felt that a skydiving sequence in a movie properly made you feel like there was a ticking clock with their falling. You, you keep, you, you constantly see the surface of earth coming closer and closer and closer. And then the countdown from the electronic system in the mask and the lightning strike. And then Tom Cruise trying to save Henry Cable while also trying to make sure that he gets down there. It's pure mission impossible, pure suspense, pure action, amazing sequence. I think it's gotta be on there. Oh, it's so good, but I, my one hesitation is that we already have two follow scenes on the list. I know it shouldn't matter, but it does matter somewhere deep inside me. But if, if it matters to nobody else, then I'm willing to say, yeah, hell yeah, it's a great scene. What does everybody else think? In my opinion, this is the best action scene in that movie. I know you guys think I'm insane, and maybe it's because I can't get out of my mind uh, how much work and all the technicalities that went into filming this, uh, to me, that seems more insane than the other. Like, it maybe it elevates this sequence in my mind. But uh, th- this, to me, was the highlight action scene of the, the film. All right. Anybody else have thoughts on this? Um, I want to say, if we're going to have three Mission Impossible scenes, I think we should have three Annihilation scenes. Because <laughs> I feel guilty for, like, going to, to bat for my scene because it just uh, impacted me so much. And I do... Re- I do um, think that Showdown the Lighthouse does deserve a spot on the top fifty. So I just want to say that's doesn't make the logic doesn't make sense, but I think that. But that it's not be. a competition of movie versus movie. It's... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just right. getting, I'm just panicking because there's only nine spo- uh, spots I left. <laughs> I think Brad brings up a good point about the um, the way that you feel the ground coming toward you. Because I'm thinking about like uh, Point Break, which is another action movie that I love. Of that has a really famous skydiving sequence but in that scene it feels like they're just up there hanging out and you know it could last forever and then it comes to an end just sort of like after they're done doing whatever but but as brad mentioned there's a real ticking clock element to the halo jump and, and fallout that um that i think brings it to another level i, I yeah. think in 10 years uh we, we, we will be talking about that scene like do you know what i mean like i feel like that's gonna be one of those scenes like remember that scene where where Tom Cruise jumped out of a plane. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I want, yeah. I want a supercut of 
how many times people repeat it? <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. It's all <laughs> about 10 years. We're going to be talking about that. And what else were we going to talk about in 10 years? Hereditary and something else. <laughs> yeah, something else, yeah. But here's the thing. Infinity um, War. Despite my hesitation, um, on yesterday's podcast where we did the editor's top 50, top 10 lists, I went on a big rant about how Chris McQuarrie's skills as a filmmaker are underrated because making this kind of technique look easy, which is what he does, is the hardest damn thing in the world. So, yeah, I think that th- th- three of the most impressive action scenes of all time uh, belong on our top 50. So, yeah, um, um, Fallout should, should go on our top 50. Nice. All right, uh, Chris, you're up. All right, then I'm going to do the Annihilation Lighthouse scene. Let's do it. Put it on yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I agree. Let's do it. Yep. No, <laughs> oh, the, man. I, I think this scene is uh, my personal favorite of Annihilation, and I think about it every every single day. When I, when I go to my when I go to my pills to take my antidepressants, I think about this scene. Like That's how strongly in, embedded in me it is. I, I, I think that this top 50 would be a lie without it. So thank you, Chris. Oh, Chris stole mine. Now I have to pick something else. Um, I am going to pick... I, I'm gonna, I'll throw in Mining the Gap uh, for the, all the reasons that I talked about. That, that specific cut in Mining the Gap because I just feel like it represents the message of that movie so clearly. Yeah, can't argue with it. I think it should go. I think it's good. Okay, Mind of the Gap. You are on our top 50. Okay, so that brings us with... Let's see, we have six slots left. Oh, sorry, Peter's next. Then we have five slots. So, Peter, what's your choice? Uh, um, this is tough, guys. Uh, I think I'm going to go to bat for Deadpool 2's credit scene. Like yeah. again, I didn't yep. like the movie. I, 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 it was like literally one of two times I laughed in that movie. But I feel like I don't know, and it's I don't know. I, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted like you guys because why should Deadpool two have two spots on this list when it's not even a movie? I don't think any of us like. Oh, I but, like it. Chris likes it. Okay. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I really think that end credit scene. Like people were talking about that for weeks. It's a really funny scene. I just, it's really funny, and it's, it's definitely a good button. But I feel like it's just that. I feel like it's, it's just a button. Whereas there's certain scenes left in the, left on this list that I feel like they are, you know, have carried a lot more weight. And I, I, I know it's unfair to Deadpool. The, Deadpool the, the intentionally movie, light, lightweight. The thing. scene completely erases the whole point of the movie. How does that carry weight? He basically goes back in time and then fixes it so that his uh, girlfriend, wife whoever the you know the girl that got fridged in the beginning uh you know it's unfridged yeah exactly it, it, it's so lightweight that it acknowledges that the rest of the movie doesn't matter <laughs> no but basically but it does change things i don't know i, I think it's really really funny i think it's a really really funny thing and i and i left, left the theater buzzing about it um but i i i i personally have a hard time backing it for the, the for the top 50 but brad what do you think i know you're a deadpool fan yeah, I I kind of feel the same way just because I I think that it's 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 a series of gags and Deadpool's already full of so many gags that are irreverent and so, and you know go against the grain and just do wacky things and I feel this it's just one more thing and as funny as it is I just I feel like the death of X Force is the 
moment in this movie and i don't think anything else really measured up to it and i feel like there are just there's just a lot better moments than than the, the credit scene from deadpool 2 brad i think in 10 years people are going to be talking about this <laughs> list and be like they got it wrong they got it wrong it's fine uh, okay uh so i gotta suggest something else instead yeah, if, if it's yeah, since there's enough opposition, see if there's another one that you would also. But my recommend. other suggestions are just going to get worse, and you guys are going to dis- more disagree with me. But... Lay it on us. Let's, let's hear. It. Uh, the War on Cybertron. I no. really love that opening <laughs> sequence. This, this this is like uh, me as a kid playing with Transformers. Like this is the thing that I waited to see, like fully realized. And like Michael Bay went to Cybertron and never really gave it uh, gave it to us. He he didn't give us the Generation One designs. Uh, I I don't know. I just love everything about that sequence. Look, the only reason that I would even remotely consider put, allowing this to be on the list uh, because I'm right there with HC. I wish I would have vocalized no at the same time she did because that was hilarious, uh, is because this movie ended up on Peter's top 10 list and he's clearly passionate about it. Uh, I think it's garbage, but this is a group list and I feel like if it's on your top 10, um, maybe that carries Wait, you think what's garbage? The scene? I think, uh, yeah, that scene is garbage. Because I thought you liked Bumblebee. the movie. Bumblebee is fine. Well, yeah. I don't yeah, think it's this, fine. the scene is garbage. I just think it's one of the, we, not even the strongest scene of that movie. I feel like, but it, it's all perspective, HD. I, I, I do understand that, like, this comes with the perspective of, like, playing, you know, people that, like, I don't know. It, it's I'm, I'm trying to find I, that comparison. I will say the blocking, what, what, the blocking in that scene is really impressive, and the way yeah. that you can follow the action really well. And I think it it goes to Travis Knight's animation background, definitely. And I think it's just it's a well executed executed action scene that has lent a greater degree of meaning because of like your history, yeah, with, history with and your love franchise. for this franchise, which I don't want to like discount either listen i i know it's a cartoon series about like toys that transform into trucks and stuff and i i get it it's stupid but like i had to sit through like what like six of these michael bay movies and i didn't get this from those movies. <laughs> i don't know like i feel like this is like fan i don't know uh i'm not sure if that's an is that enough to make it worth being on the list? I feel like Transformers fans, this to them is one of the biggest mo- moments of the year. I know this is a collective list and you guys aren't fans of Transformers and you've probably uh, – any any love for that franchise from your childhood has probably been worn away by the Michael Bay films. Uh, but that that's my pitch. I think it's a really it's a really hard sell for me, Peter, um, because I think I think it's very very you know personal, very very nostalgia based. But your, your love for this film, you know, really can't be denied. As as been pointed out, it's in your top ten of the year. I mean, that's that's not a small thing. So, um, if if you feel strong about this, you know, I, I'll I, I I will be the anti HT. I'll I'll cancel her out here. <laughs> it's going <laughs> All right. Well, now also my the shoplifters moment did get did get on because of like my passion for that movie. So. I'm going to reverse everything I just said and say, okay, Peter, I understand. Yeah. And honestly, I care way more about this moment than the Deadpool 2 credit scene, but uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's like, here's the thing. Like, that, that, okay, that tells me even more. Deadpool 2, like, it's like, yeah, it's thing people talked about, but Cybertron is a moment that actually hit you in a way that, 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 that brought you back to a time you, that, that you remember fondly. And that, to yeah. me, means that Cybertron belongs on our list and Deadpool 2 does not. 
Uh, hey guys, HG had to leave a little early, uh, so we're, we're wrapping this up. Uh, but we did figure out our final five for the final five slots after doing some initials and some uh, off-mic discussions. And our list is rounded out with the birth sequence from A Quiet Place, the Live Aid concert from Bohemian Rhapsody, the sunset dance scene from Burning, the underwater suicide attempt from You Never Really Hear, and Shopping for a Crib from Roma. So for the complete list, which will be uh, partially or all or entirely ranked with blurbs by Slash Film Writers, that'll be going up early next week. So look out for that on the site. Uh, we'll definitely talk about it on the, on the show. We'll mention again. We'll link to it there. But definitely, please, 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 please go read it. Because you, what you've seen was uh, the process of how we got the raw material to make that list. So you now have you know, I get to go watch us take this this yeah. this wet cement and go build a road with it. But yeah, uh, guys. I'm actually really curious what listeners out there think of this whole process of letting them into the writer's room as we determine content from the site. Like, is this something you want to hear more of in the future? I mean, you're going to no matter what because we have something planned for tomorrow. Uh, But I would love to hear what you think of this. Send me an email at peter at slash com or write me on Twitter at slash home. Yeah, and I just want to say that, um, guys, I know we all lost movies we, we, we loved. We all had to make compromises. But, man, what a list. Like, this is a list I'm, I'm proud of. I'm proud to have our names on this list. It is, it's, it's a very good list. I think we should start over, though, and do it again. <laughs> yeah. From the beginning. Yeah, let's do that right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think uh, I, I also, as much as it sounded like I was frustrated during this process, this was a lot of fun. And uh, I do just get passionate about the, the these things. And uh, I'm excited to hear what you guys think of this list. And we're going to be off air coming up with, the, uh, I think, like a top 10 or we're going to be ranking them in some way. Uh, and that will be on the site. So you'll be able to read that on SlashFilm.com uh, next week. Yes, early next week. Either early Monday or Tuesday, week. depending upon uh, how things go. Yes. So uh Take a look out for that, and I'll mention it on the podcast when it's online. Uh, but you can find more of our all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast, SlashFilm Daily, published every weekday on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please leave your name, general geographic location, in case we mention the email on the air. And please go to our iTunes page. Give us a five-star rating. Write us a couple sentences. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow.